What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Adjusting a Life. It's your boy Marcus with the squad, with the crew, and we're back with another episode, man. And I'm telling you, this one is going to be epic. I just, you know, I just got to always start off by asking the guys how their day how how their day been. So, I'm going to start off with you, Danny. How your day been today? Marcus, I have a question. Why do you always start with me? Because you just you always look just so happy over there. I don't know what you I don't know why you smiling all the time, but it's a good thing. So I'm not gonna be you know I'm gonna always ask you how your day been. I appreciate it. Um, no, my day's been great. Um, you know, this morning we started off with uh, pathology two. Got to learn about you know ischemic um, heart dysfunction, and you know <laughs> I'm sorry I've had three classes this morning and it's only eleven o'clock. I'm exhausted. All right. But um, no, my day's been pretty good aside from that. Um, you know, we got a little rain today, so I figured I'll give y'all a meteorology report. But overall, you know, I can't complain. It's a weekend, I'm ready to grind it out. How about you, Alex? Uh, yeah, my day has been great. I've, I've just been catching up on sleep. Um, so yeah, I, I had Aussies this week, so I didn't get a lot of sleep for the last week or two. So I'm, I'm sleeping like a baby now, so it's great. How, how about you, Carlos? How's your week been? Well, <clears throat> my week has been it's been great. I took a few tests. I did great on them. Uh, I had one issue with one of them, but uh, it was resolved and everything is okay. But yeah, my week has been great. So how about you, Jan? Well, my week has been <coughs> exhausting. Uh, today I was, ran, I was running, riding my new bike. Uh, me and Danny bought new bikes. They are very cool. Uh, I saw Danny this morning. wasn't that good. Always, you went. We, oh, I gotta set this straight. Me and Danny do not sleep in the same bed. <laughs> we got uh, we got different rooms, you know, because we everybody would talk about uh, in the mornings. We got different rooms. So, Cause, I mean, y'all always say on the podcast every week that like when I woke up next to Jan or when I woke up next to uh, you make, Danny, I'm like, you make it sound like you sleep together. <laughs> Danny has his, his girlfriend, you know, and they will sleep in another room. Sometimes I have bad dreams and we'll just, you know, I, I go over to Jan so he can protect me. And then he has his dog who's just like the best cuddle buddy. I'm sorry. All right. Now, sometimes I do sneak over there. I'm not going to lie. But no, it's... Um, it's great. Yeah. What about you, Ken? How was yours? Uh, my week's been uh, pretty all right, I would say. Not nothing crazy. I'm preparing myself this weekend for the hell week that is to come, midterm week uh, for most of us. So I'm excited to get it over with, uh, even though it hasn't even started yet. But yeah, that's pretty pretty much it. Uh, can someone please ask Marcus how his day was? Cause nobody asked him. Well, I would like to add first. Um, our bikes are amazing, so I figured I'd drop that in there before we ask Marcus how his day was. <laughs> yeah, they they got his and hers, so they're very <laughs> they're very adorable when they ride their bikes to school. Well. You know, since everybody has been waiting on how my day has been, thank you guys. Um, my day has been very, very, you know, um, kind of, kind of long. It feels like, and it's only, but it's only like eleven o'clock right now, eleven, twelve o'clock, um, give or take. But it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, woke up this morning, did ortho, um, a lot of ortho. Um, then with the uh, skeletal radiology, but it's, it's, it's been very, a very, very hard, hard day. But it's going. Um, but I just want to start off, you know, by letting you guys know we have an amazing, amazing guest today. And he, 
he has done such wonderful things in in like in his profession, just as a chiropractor and also as a professor. And I just want to, you know, give him all the gratitude and thank him anyways beforehand, because I know he's gonna give us all the answers that we need. So I just want to go ahead and invite, well, thank Dr. Thornhill for coming on. How you doing today, Dr. Thornhill? I'm doing very well, thank you. I appreciate you asking. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just kind of want to start off by asking. Um, what actually brought you into this profession um, as like not only as a chiropractor but also as a professor? That's a great question. So one of my favorite stories to tell is about how I met the girl that would become my wife because that really is the story about how I found chiropractic. And I think that the love that we have for this profession um, in a similar sense, I think all love shares a certain commonality or kinship. I think that love is sort of universal in that way. So it, it was wonderful that I came to chiropractic through love and in that love found a renewed love for health and wellness in chiropractic. And so basically the, the short version of the story goes like this. Uh, I didn't grow up in a chiropractic family. I didn't know anything about chiropractic at all, even though my mom was seeing a chiropractor on the regular. So I remember having all these health problems as a kid, and I would sit out in the waiting room at this chiropractor's office, and nobody would come back and say, hey, you know, come on back, let me check you. I don't know why that didn't happen. Thinking back on it now, it just seems kind of odd to me, but that was my experience. So the summer of my senior year, the summer after I graduated high school, I was playing up in this, uh, at an arts camp for kids up in Talladega, Alabama, and met this girl who was going to Huntington College, which was in my hometown, and I had no plans of going to Huntington College. I had already like, applied to other schools. I was planning to get out of Montgomery. And what ended up happening was I had already been accepted to Huntington. My mom was an, an alum. I promised her I would apply. So anyway, it all worked out to where I was starting in the fall at Huntington College, and I met back up with her, right? It was one of those kind of serendipitous situations where I'd met her in the summer, was totally enamored with her, but thought I'd never see this girl again. And then I'm, here I am starting at her school, never thought I'd be going to that school. And there she is, like one of the, one of the uh, ambassadors for the college helping us to check into the dorms. And I was like, well, here we are, you know? Well, she was a theater major. I was a music major at the time, because all I ever did was like play guitar and sing. Like that was my whole life was playing music. And uh, we started hanging out. I, this is all, this hall has a point. <laughs> so we started hanging out and I was, I really liked her a lot. And there was a play coming up and I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll audition for the play and maybe I'll get like a, a, a backstage thing where I can like be the guy that pulls the curtain open or something, you know, and that way I can be close to her and like, you know, get to know her better. And so we did go through the auditions. I didn't know what I was doing. I did the best I could. And we get the callbacks and it's like, oh, uh, by the way, John, you know, the director wants to talk to you on the phone. So I'm like, well, why does she want to talk to me? So I get the phone. I'm like, yeah, this is John. She says, well, I'd like to congratulate you and offer you the part of Valentine. I was like, well, that's great. Well, who's Valentine? Well, the show was Two Gentlemen of Verona. It was Shakespeare. Valentine is one of the Two Gentlemen of Verona. So now suddenly I'm a freshman in, in college and I'm the lead role in a Shakespearean play at our school's theater department. And the girl playing opposite of me is Robin, this girl that I'm in love with. Now in the play, Valentine and Sylvia, who Robin was playing, fall in love. 
And here I am in love with her, and now we're playing opposite each other. I'm like, this is a great situation, but it could go wrong very quickly because if I screw this up, I'm not just going to embarrass myself, I'm going to embarrass her. And this is her major, and a lot's writing on this. So anyway, what does this have to do with chiropractic? Every night, we would stage lights would come up, the curtains would open, we would do the show. The end of the show is she and I kiss center stage, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, I worked so hard to memorize every line of that script, man, so I could be like right on the money. One day she comes to me and she says, you know, I need to go see the chiropractor. I'm like, why? And she's, is something wrong with your back? She says, no, no, I've got, I've got, I think I've got an infection. And so I was like, well, why would you go to the chiropractor if you have some kind of an infection? I was confused. What does this have to do with the spine? So we go to this chiropractor and, um, in Montgomery, wonderful guy, became one of my mentors, one of the best chiropractors I ever met in my life. And we walk into the room and he's doing all this weird stuff. There's this giant table with all these levers and, and you know, things. I had no idea what was going on. And he bring, puts her up on this table and lowers her down. I'm like, this is crazy. What is this guy doing? And things are popping up and he's looking at her feet. And I'm like, he's like, he's killing her. Like, what's happening, you know? I was just there for her, to support her. She comes up. I'm thinking, okay, that's great. We can go. And then they both look at me like, all right, it's your turn. Like, what do you mean it's my turn? Like, I'm not here to get adjusted. I'm just I'm here, to, I'm here for you, you know? And so I didn't want to disappoint her. I didn't have anything wrong. Like, I felt fine. You know, somebody asked, well, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing good, you know. They get me on the table, uh, check my feet, and the things are popping up and pushing on me and stuff, you know. And I get off the table, have no idea what's going on. I get off the table, and I swear to you, it felt like I could feel the earth moving. I felt so balanced. I felt like I could feel the earth. If, if, if one could feel the earth turn, I felt like in that moment I could feel it. And I remember thinking to myself, I feel better than I thought I could feel. Now listen, it's one thing if you're sick or you're hurting and then suddenly you get well and you feel better. I think that we're all kind of used to that. Like you feel bad and then you get over it and you feel better again, right? You go back to that baseline. But it's a very different situation when you go from feeling good, as good as you think you can feel, to now feeling better than you thought you could feel. And suddenly the thought was, where has this been all my life? Why did I not know about this? What, and I turned to the chiropractor, I was like, well, what did you do? And he's like, I adjusted you. I adjusted you. Well, what is that? What is an adjustment? And he says, well, I got, and he answered the question. I said, well, okay, well, all right. Well, you, you said something about like an innate or something, right? What, what is that? And he's like, and every question led to more questions, led to more questions. I'm a music major, okay? So I had to take biology anyway to graduate. And by this time, Flash forward another six months, I'm like just infatuated with this thing. Like, what is this chiropractic? I was reading, I read a book by Joseph Maynard called uh, Healing Hands. And that book changed my life because it was the whole story of the Palmer family in chiropractic. And that was kind of my way of answering these questions. You guys should also know that Robin, the girl I'm telling you about, her dad's a chiropractor. So I was able to go back to him and introduce myself. Hey, you know, I'm in love with your daughter, that kind of awkward <laughs> thing. But also say, and I'm really interested in chiropractic. Can you tell me more about it? And he gave me this book. So I'm reading this book. I'm learning about the Palmers. I'm like, did, I'm like telling people who don't even care. I'm like, did you know that BJ Palmer had the first radio station west of the Mississippi? And they're like, okay, that's great. And I'm like, no, 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 this guy's amazing, you know. And so uh, I, had to, I reached a critical point where music 
in the classical sense wasn't doing it for me anymore. Like I love music, but the kind of music that I was playing at the time was like more singer-songwriter type stuff that I was making myself. It wasn't a classical approach. And being in college, the idea was if you're going to graduate with a degree in music, you're either going to teach or you're going to perform at a high, high level. And it's very competitive. But I was also, you know, full of this this newfound passion for chiropractic. And I had to make a decision. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take biology in the summer. I was never a science person. I really didn't think of myself as being very intelligent at all. Um, I'll, t- I'll take science. We'll see how it goes. If I do well in, in biology, we'll talk about it. That, that is like changing my major in, in pursuing chiropractic. So I took this biology class in the summer semester, which was a condensed, intensive version of the course, and loved it, you guys. Like, I discovered my inner nerd. Like, I just loved biology. And I said, okay, I'm going to hold true to my commitment. I'll change my major. And I did to biology, started in the fall, and did the entire biology and chemistry program in three years so that I could graduate on time. And the plan was always to go to Life University. I asked all the chiropractors I knew through the network that my girlfriend's dad, who's now my father-in-law, who, everybody he knew, I was like, well, where should I go to school? Now, he's a Palmer grad, and I, love, and I love Palmer College. I'm not saying anything bad about Palmer, but everybody who I was talking to at the time was like, like so I'm not saying anything bad about Palmer College. I'm just saying that everybody around me at the time was telling me, you need to go to Life University. And that really resonated with me because, first of all, you have these people from all different areas of the profession saying, go to life. And life is the closest school. So I was thinking, well, why not? This seems the obvious choice. And so that sophomore year of college, starting into biology and starting into chemistry, I felt like I was in over my head. Um, I think it's important for you guys to know that I failed classes my first semester in the sciences. I remember I failed general chemistry my first time out. I failed physics my first time out. But such was my passion for chiropractic that I was determined to see it through, so I took it again. I was dual enrolled at multiple colleges in Montgomery at the time, at AUM and at Huntington. I took a class, organic chemistry, at Alabama State University, just to get all those prerequisites in and get everything done. And ended up graduating in the Tri-Beta Biological Honor Society. I ended up having, uh, I was the last president of the theater honor society even though i was a biology major because i stayed with the theater i made some friends there and ended up going to life uh, in the fall and the play went really well robin and i got engaged and we got married the two weeks after i graduated from huntington we had our, our wedding on the green on campus we had our reception we got married in the chapel there on at the college and it was wonderful so that's that was the story of how I came to chiropractic, you know, and I really truly believe that it's that it's true what people say that, you know, chiropractic calls you, not the other way around, because it certainly called me. <laughs> it's that's I, I I'm I'm at a loss of words. I really don't know how to explain it, but that was just thank you. <laughs> that's all I can say is thank you. Um, that you answered my question and more it just was it that was that was such a powerful story thank you sure. I want to ask Doug you've been here before you were sitting here how would you say this school is now compared when you were here how is the school compared to when I was here as a student so it's such there's so many comparisons that I can make in ways it's it's exactly the same uh, something that I'm very grateful for as a faculty member is that 
I can teach alongside these individuals who have meant so much to me for so long. You know, I, I graduated from this program in 2010, in the spring of 2010, as a student, and started to practice in September that same year in Alabama. And so a lot of the faculty who were here when I was a student are here now. And many more of them were here when I started working here as a faculty member. A lot of some of them have retired since, but um, so in ways it's surreal and it's a, it's a wonderful experience to be able to teach alongside them. Um, I can tell you that in the very beginning teaching here, I had a little bit of like imposter syndrome. Are you guys familiar with this? So imposter syndrome, where you feel like you don't deserve to be here, like it's 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 too great of a thing, and and at some at any minute someone's going to find out, you know, and call you out on it, right? But after a while, I realized that no, I, I do deserve to be here. I, I am going to continue to do my best. And it's to their credit, it's to the credit of my teachers that I have the kind of knowledge base and was able to gain the experience that I had to be able now to teach as a faculty member here. So my own experience of it is, is colored, I think, by that phenomenon. But there are some other ways that it has that it has changed. So some of the faculty are the same. This room is practically the same. The library is very much the same. Um, I can look out the window, though, for instance, just looking at the grounds, and I can remember parking my 73 Beetle at the right in front of this tree when this whole thing was a giant parking lot, and now it's green space. You know, I can remember when these buildings, I remember when they built Socrates Cafe. It opened just after or maybe just before we graduated. So, I mean, I remember everything being torn up. Um, so I have, when I got here as a student, life was just emerging from the whole turmoil in the early 2000s. So all the new pictures they took of the students, incoming students for like their glossy pamphlets and stuff, that, those were pictures of our class. Like the back of my head is in those pamphlets and stuff. <laughs> so everything was changing. So I really got to see the whole campus change over the course of the time that I was here as a student. And then I'm being back. It's really amazing to see how things change and how they stay the same too. That's, that's great. Um, you've been teaching for a while now, right? So, and I assume that you still practice a little bit on the side? No, I was in full-time practice in Clay County, Alabama. And when I got the calling to come teach, I wanted to commit myself as completely to that endeavor as I had to my practice. And I'm not, I'm not saying that one can't practice and teach, you know, and be very effective at both. I was just, I'm saying that for me in my own journey, it was, I want to completely commit myself to that. And then if I reach a point in my life where I think I can do both, you know, effectively, then I'll, I'll branch out. Right. That was my follow-up question was, where do you see yourself in, let's say, the future five, ten years from now? Do you still see yourself spreading the knowledge to future prospective students who want to become chiropractors? Or do you want to, you know, maybe take both, like you said, and or since you really want to be committed to one part of it, would you rather teach or would you rather help other people in the community? That's a great question. I have no idea what the future is going to look like. I can tell you that I am, the satisfaction that I get, the fulfillment that I get from teaching is beyond anything that I could have imagined. I mean, I, I truly love and love what I do. And so my plans for the next five years really are more academic in nature. Like I want to try to continue my own education. 
um, do more research. I've got a few uh, research articles in mind that I'd like to try to get published. Um, I want to help work with my colleagues to help make the courses themselves and the curriculum better. You know, I just want to be uh, an agent of positive change on campus. I want to try to make this experience for you guys as great as it can be. And if and if time allows in the future for me to practice part time, I'd be totally open to that as well. I know that, and we appreciate that. So I know I volunteer for any research. All right. <laughs> Um, I would like to bounce off of you're talking about academics. Um, I know that I had I had you for a CLET lab. What um, and I know that um, you teach other classes. What all classes do you teach? And if you had to narrow it down, what would be your favorite subject? Oh man, that's so that's a that's a. It's like how much time do you have? Um, when I started here as a faculty member, I started as a faculty clinician at the outreach clinic. I was trained at CHOP by uh, Dr. Melody Black, and then was transitioned over to outreach. And I worked with three incredible doctors out there. And anyway, I started working adjunct. So in the beginning, I was a lab instructor and working full-time at outreach. And then I transitioned fully over to didactic at the beginning of this year. So anyway, what that means is the lectures I teach are the third quarter philosophy class. This is uh, Principles of Modern Chiropractic. The other lecture I teach is visceral diagnosis. I teach one of the visceral labs, but the labs that I currently teach are, um, I teach neuro labs, clinical lab studies. This is Dr. Plakina's labs, which are amazing labs. I teach, I have taught practically everything in clinical sciences. I know ortho, neuro, visceral, special senses, OBGYN, clinical lab studies, the CLET track. I've taught, um, in Cairo sciences, I taught some Thompson labs. So I've been all over the place over the last six years. Um, I have a follow-up. Are you by chance grading um, my OSCE? And if so, <laughs> <laughs> if so, will you be very lenient when you do it? You know, I, I have to give a lot of credit to Dr. Paterno. Uh, he does a great job of organizing OSCE and sending out OSCE assignments to faculty. And I don't have an OSCE assignment this quarter, so I'm not grading anything right now with related to OSCE. It was worth a try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to check my email like two or three times. Like, do I, do I really not have a, an assignment? Yeah. So my question is, I'm taking BD now with you. Me as a uh, Hispanic uh, student, uh, what advice you can give to future students, like either they're Hispanic or not, but what advice you can give to them and what do they could acknowledge at being here in Live University? So what advice would I give to students, incoming students, or students perhaps who are interested in chiropractic? So I have to, rem I have to sit down with myself in that summer after my freshman year of college, because that was the point where I was seriously considering changing the, the trajectory of my life completely and becoming a chiropractor. Up to that point, my whole goal was write music and play gigs and try to get a recording contract somewhere sometime. I mean, that was my dream, you know, try to get a recording contract and, and write songs. But now here I was pivoting and moving in a completely different direction. And so I have to sit down with that person and try to get inside that frame of mind. And the best advice that I can give you is get very clear about the job. Really get clear about the job. 
here's what I mean. Go and visit as many chiropractors as you can. And I'm sure that you've heard other DCs to give, tell you this and give you this advice, but it's absolutely true. You're never going to find two chiropractors who practice the same way. Okay. Uh, but go to as many of them as you can and follow them around for a while and just get a sense of the job. What's it like every day, you know? Um, because there is that element to every occupation. No matter, no matter your passion for it, there is still something of a grind. And that doesn't have to be a negative thing at all. It wasn't for me, right? But you do need to know what it looks like day in and day out. Get some different ideas and see yourself in that role, right? And once you can get a clear vision of yourself as a practicing chiropractor, doing the work every day, then with that vision, you'll know how to achieve it. But until you have that vision, I think that it's very, very difficult to manage from quarter to quarter, from assignment to assignment, because it just feels like you're getting hit constantly with stuff. But if you have that vision of yourself in your office doing the work, then everything becomes not only bearable, but it becomes a path to that goal. The obstacle becomes the way at that point. Thank you. I um, I just want to say, I had so many questions this whole time. And for those of you that listen to this podcast, y'all know I got questions. And I have to pick which of the 15 bajillion ones that I have, which one I want to ask. But I just want to start off by saying, first of all, thank you for, for coming on here and talking and being transparent. I, um, I have a little thing to share as well. When I first started my undergraduate degree, I failed anatomy and physiology three times. And, uh, well, two times, I took it three times. The third time I finally, pa after passing it, you would think I knew everything. When I walked into this program, you would think I aced uh, anatomy and physiology, which I did, but I, I, I knew anatomy better than any, any, I knew anatomy better than my own mom at that point because I took it three times. But um, I wanna say that, you know, thank you for being transparent because it, one of the things that I felt which I've kind of started to realize in, um, in this program. I, uh, I worked with the president of NET Club um, and he, you know, we, we talked about one of the things that I struggle with, which is accepting to become a doctor. And it's like, you know, why do I have that? And it's almost like how you said, it's that imposter syndrome. You don't feel like you deserve to be here. And um, I know in myself and a, a, a few other students that have that same issue where they're like, man, am, do I deserve to be here? Do I?" do I deserve to be a doctor? And I just thought that that was really awesome that you mentioned that and I was like, I got goosebumps, man. I didn't even know that, I didn't even know the imposter syndrome was a real thing and then you said it and I was like, oh crap, maybe that's what I have. <laughs> but um, I just wanna say thank you because that brought some clarity. But one of my questions was, um, Dr. T, how does, cause I'm very curious about this, how does music and chiropractic flow? Oh man, that's, that's wonderful, especially for somebody like me. You know, music has been my first love. I mean, how far I could, I'm, I'm tempted to tell you some really personal stuff about myself. I don't want to take up too much time, but music is very personal to me. My dad's a musician. I grew up, for instance, like even as a little boy, I grew up like uh, sleeping on the backs of his speakers that he would load into the back of our Chevy Astro van going back and forth from his gigs. You know, like we wouldn't wear seat belts when I was a kid, man. Like this was like, you know, it's a different time. I would never, never recommend anybody do this with their kid, okay? But like when I was growing up, I remember carrying my dad's cord bags and his mic stand, you know, and being with him at his gigs and stuff and just being so enamored with music and just in love with it. 
So it was natural, like when I got of a certain age, I wanted to play, and I had a, a teacher, a willing teacher right there to teach me. But how does it relate to chiropractic? Well, there's a lot of analogies that we could make, but analogies don't get at the heart of what I think you're asking. So an easy analogy would be, take D.D. Palmer's concept of tone, for instance, nerves too tense or too slack, the renitency of nerves, for instance. Okay, well, anyone who's ever played a string instrument, for instance, or any instrument that you can tune for that matter, including a piano, understands the importance of tone, strings too tense or too slack, right? Or of harmony, of frequency, right? And we could even say that the body must work harmoniously for health to arise, or for us to sustain health, right? So it just stands to reason that an adjustment is like tuning the body and bringing it back into proper balance or tune or harmony with itself and with its environment, right? So that's the easiest analogy that I think anybody could, could make. If you were to tell me, if you were to have come to me as a freshman in college and said, the reason you're sick is because you're out of tune, I would have been like, I got it. I got you. How do we, how do we tune it up, right? And so that's an easy analogy to make. But I think that your question goes a little bit deeper. And that question almost from a metaphysical perspective might be, is there some real parallels between the phenomenon of music as such and then human physiology? And I think that there is. And I think it goes, there's certainly good evidence of that in neuroscience. Um, like you think about um, music therapy and things like this, for instance, and how it can change cognitive processes and the release of hormones and things, and even going beyond that and the healing process, I think. You know, there's people who talk about... Um, if you want to consider certain, like the spiritual aspect of music, whatever that might be, that's an, it's an excellent thing to speculate on. So there's, there's so many layers when you begin to consider the parallels between the experience of music or the making, the creative act of making music is something similar, in my view, to the creativity of the body in its constant adapting to its environment. Like how creative the body is constantly at, its, at maintaining itself and, and maintaining itself in the environment. Is that creativity that we're seeing there a similar kind of creativity that we express when we make music? I don't know, but that's an interesting kind of a question to ask. Well, now that you mentioned that, um, I have this theory, and I've had it for a few quarters now, um, as I'm sure everybody else on the podcast could, uh, could attest to. Nothing in the world has ever been invented. That's my, that's my, uh, my I, I guess, uh, a, just an idea I have. Because, like you said, music is, uh, is an expression of us. Like, Ken, a huge fanatic of music, guy has a DDJ table in his room. He could tell you, it, it, in a sense, it almost represents who we are. So, through the production of music, it's almost like we're speaking a different language. A language that is spoken through an inanimate object to be able to communicate how we feel, you know, who we want to talk to, how we want to talk to them. So I think it's really beautiful. But one thing um, that I also wanted to ask, or not ask, say, if anybody, I mean, we all have taken Dr. Thornhill's classes, but if anybody is a prospective student or you guys see Dr. Thornhill on your class list, you, you need to take them because I remember sitting in my chiropractic principles class and we were still in COVID and we were still online. It wasn't, um, it wasn't the full chiropractic experience that we're getting now. And I remember sitting there thinking, you know, like, man, there's 33 principles and it's 10 weeks. Like it's going to be, you know, it's going to be gruesome. But he literally taught the class like he was playing it, like he was playing you a song. 
he would walk you through each principle, talk about it, explain what the philosophy behind chiropractic is and show you in an art form. So it really tackled and brought together a lot of the stuff that you learn the first two, three, four, five, six quarters where you're going through the motions. And I sometimes I'll think back like, man, you know, I might I might be taking my ortho class and I'll think to myself like, oh, man, you know, like this, this is what he was talking about in third quarter or, you know, like I'm struggling to stay up and study for my class or help, you know, work with John. And it's like, this is what Dr. Thornhill was talking about. This is why we learned that so early on. So I guess. I'm just trying to say thank you. Well, thank you. That, that awesome. really means a lot to me. Thank you. I want you. to jump in real quick, and I just want to say that I really like that analogy of like tuning up the body, and uh, like like you said it yourself, how the body and you know music or whatever sound, all that sound are different vibrations that are in our body, and that vibration you know is whether it's created by an instrument or by us or by nature, you know it's it's something magnificent that really is all correlated together and. I just really? wanted to thank you for that. Well, of course. I appreciate that perspective. And if you wanted to push the analogy just a little bit further, what I might say is life, health, is the song that you sing all your life. Like your health, your experience of the world is the song that you're singing from your first breath to your last, right? And when the body is in tune, it's like having an instrument that's in tune. And the song becomes clear and the song becomes beautiful. When it falls out of tune, you're still trying to play, but you're playing against yourself. You're fighting against yourself. And then you have disharmony. You have dis-ease, right? You have a discordance, a cacophony of sounds. So what chiropractic is really doing, if you want to be more creative, like think about when I play guitar, for instance, I might find myself in a moment where I'm like um, just ad-libbing or something, you know? We're in the middle of a solo and I'm just kind of going off on my own. Well, I can only be so creative if I break a string. Then I can't use that string anymore, it's gone. If the upper strings of my guitar fall out of tune for some reason in the middle of my solo, right? no matter how hard I try to improvise, I'm very limited now in what I'm able to do. Does that make sense? The body is that way. So if we think about life, health, as the song that we're singing, as the, as the song we're playing, then every kind of interference or dysfunction limits our ability to improvise, to be creative, to adapt. So what chiropractic literally is doing is tuning that thing up in the midst of your solo, in the midst of your song. And now once it's in harmony, in tune, your creativity is expanded, your repertoire, your ability is expanded. Now you can adapt more fluidly to what's going on around you. Your health is expanded, your ease is restored. Right. So it's being able to improvise. I just want to go ahead and say I I could not stop smiling the whole time while you was talking. <laughs> I was like I yeah that that made me so happy the whole time while you was talking and I think I'm gonna have to I'm about to steal that analogy that was that was nice I I enjoyed that a whole lot but guys that's all the time we got for you today and whew, I I hate to put it to an end just to be honest with you guys but. You know, we got we to gotta get up out of here. I thank you guys so much, so much for listening to this podcast. This, is, this has been one for the books. Thank you guys so much. Peace. Thank you. Um, and I just want to extend my thank you again to Dr. Thornhill. Yes, thank you very um, much. Thank you guys. Thank you for, everything, for everything that you do. I mean, you're, you're a big influence in this school. So, well, thank you. I'm humbled and honored, and I appreciate the opportunity.
Thank you. All right, guys. See ya. Peace. Later. Adios.